Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 105. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week, where I'm joined by the king of Next Step Test Prep MCAT content, Brian Snedeker. This week, we're continuing our breakdown of Next Step Test Prep Full Length 10, jumping into our next set of discrete questions. Brian, back with some more of Next Step Full Length 10 discrete questions. We've been going back and forth, discrete passage, discrete passage, whatever the order was that we've been through. But now we're on to another set of discrete questions. How you doing today? Yep. I'm doing great, Ryan. Looking forward to getting into some more practice questions. And I think you had asked us this um, uh, a few weeks back, like, is there a set order? And, you know, just so folks remember, it's not always set. The only thing that's set is the section ends on discretes. And other than that, it can be two or three passages between each set of discretes. And so we're up, we're up to our third set here. Uh, and our first question is number 44. Uh, biochemistry question, really short uh, fats are stored in adipose tissues primarily as A, fatty acids, B, chylomicrons, C, glycerol, D, triacylglycerols. Um, fats are stored as fatty acids. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I was I was reading, I, and I I took a uh, long pause as I was reading. I'm like fatty acids, <laughs> and I was like, looking at the next one, and I didn't say anything. Chylomicrons, glycerol. Uh, my my guess would be D triacylglycerols. There you go. Absolutely. We want to know, of course, that glycerol is the backbone, the three carbon backbone, and then fatty acids are the little tails that get tagged on to the glycerol. So a glycerol backbone plus three fatty acids makes up a full, um, this kind of classic E-shape triacylglycerol or just fat molecule, right? If you just say it's a fat, you mean it's a triacylglycerol because that's how our body stores fat. Uh, and chylomicrons are just these little clumpy bits that that get used to transport um, fatty acids throughout the blood. Yeah. And so and may possibly a way to remember this, right, is the, the blood test. You, get, you check your triglycerides. Might be an easy mm -hmm. way to... to to think about that. Right, absolutely. One of those things that, you know, it, it seems like nutrition science is always changing things and contradicting itself. First cholesterol was good, then it was bad, then it was good again, then there was a good and bad cholesterol, mm -hmm. then it was your 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 uh, triglyceride count, that was the big thing that you had to try and get down, yep. Yeah, it just depends on what the study of the day is. 
Exactly. <laughs> so question 45, within the body, which of the following blood vessels is ex- expected to have the greatest total cross-sectional area and the lowest fluid velocity? A, the aorta, B, the arterioles, C, the capillaries, or D, the vena cava? So the greatest total cross-sectional area, right? Yeah, and that word, yeah, that word total is key, right? Yeah. You got to think about the whole body. Yeah. So total, you think of like the aorta, right? I think, I think a student reading this quickly will go, oh, big cross-sectional area and go, oh, the aorta is big, right? And they'll, they'll pick the aorta because of that. Um, but when you look at um, total cross-sectional area, you, you get down on into the, the smallest uh, blood vessel carrying, um, and that's capillaries. Right, exactly. Because there's so many, right? I yeah. mean, there's just it, tens of thousands of capillaries for for every arterial, much less for the one aorta and the one vena cava in the body. The other part of it is the question says lowest fluid velocity. Mm -hmm. So slow, right? The blood in the aorta and the arterioles is just rushing along, right? Because all that pressure from the heart is, is, is moving it. So where does the blood get the slowest and the most sluggish? Well, in the capillaries, it, it almost comes to a standstill, right? Very slow so that your oxygen and CO2 and all that stuff can get exchanged. Yep. Um, so absolutely. And, and Ryan, you make a good point about strategy, right? A student who doesn't read the question carefully might pick A, the order. And in fact, when we look at the little bar graphs in the next step full length to tell you what students chose, about 65% or so get this question right, uh, get it capillaries. But the other 35%, they all pick the aorta. Yeah. 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 I, I trust me. I know how to think wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So just think wrong and then don't pick that. <laughs> all right. Number 46. Um, what does fluorine 18F become after a beta positive beta plus decay? 18 neon, 18 oxygen, 18 fluorine, 19 fluorine, right? So I'm just giving you the number that is the superscript beforehand. Uh, if it were written out in word form, it would be the name of the element and then a dash so like oxygen 18 and so on so what does fluorine 18 become after beta plus decay um do you want to take a guess on this one ryan so my my first question would be do i need to look at a periodic table for this yeah absolutely and the test would give you a periodic Mm -hmm. table those would be a button in the corner that says periodic table. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't give you much. It doesn't give you the name of the element. It just gives you the atomic number uh, and then the element itself. It, I may not even give you the atomic weight, although you don't need it here. Um, what you actually need to know is the weight of a beta plus particle. Okay. Uh, and that's a positron, which is uh, just a fancy name for a positively charged electron. Uh, right, so beta minus is just an electron. Beta plus is a positively charged electron. Um, and so while they do technically have mass, they have some very, very teeny, tiny mass, uh, relative to a proton, we can treat beta decay as having a zero mass. Right, You can treat an electron or a positron as having zero mass, which means if this fluorine starts with a mass of 18, hanging off one of these little positive particles, shooting out a positron, that's not going to change the 18 at all, right? Because it, it didn't functionally give up any mass. Okay. So that would get rid of answer choices C and D, which both have 17 and 19. Right. Yeah. It didn't get lighter. It didn't get heavier. Okay. Right. So now the so, question is, did it move 
left on the periodic table or right on the periodic table? Right, exactly. And so it shot off a plus, right? It shot off a positive charge. So what that means is one of its positives, its proton, became a neutron, right? You imagine the proton splitting in half and shooting off his positive charge in one direction and just leaving behind a neutral um a neutron. So fluorine, which had nine protons, went down to only eight protons. Mm. So you have to go to the periodic table. You have to see what's element number eight, and and you would see that that's oxygen. All righty. All right, question 47. A cell in which an elevated ATP to ADP ratio exists is most likely to demonstrate which allosteric effect resulting from this elevation. A, inhibition of pyruvate kinase, B, activation of phosphofructokinase 1, C, inhibition of ATP citrate lyase, or choice D, activation of hexokinase. So elevated ATP to ADB ratio. Yeah. So the cell has got tons of energy. Yeah. Elevated, okay, so the ratio, so there's a lot more ATP than ADP. So so step one, figure out what the question is asking, mm-hmm. right? So there's a lot more ATP, is most likely to demonstrate which allosteric effect. So then the, the second part is, I need to remember what allosteric means. Mm-hmm. What is allosteric although, mean? Yeah, although all the answer choices were just activate or deactivate these various enzymes, so it almost doesn't matter if it's allosteric. What you would just want to do is say the cell is in a really high energy state, mm-hmm. plenty of energy, which means you don't need to make any more, right? You got, you got tons. So if you're a cell and you're fat and happy, right, you got plenty of energy, what do you do in response? I slow down my Krebs cycle. Yeah, well, and your glycolysis and your yep. everything, right? Yep. You, you, you slow all that mechanics down. Yep. So the activation choice is probably not so good, right? There were two act- two choices that said activation, two choices that said inhibition. Mm. Probably not going to pick activation. Okay. So that leaves so, us with A and C. So yeah. inhibition of pyruvate kinase, inhibition of ATP citrate lyase. Um, I, I would go C just to guess because C is always the winner, but I, I wouldn't know anything else besides that. Sure, and if you wanted to take a 50-50, that's not bad on test day, right? Remember that um, there's this false perception, oh, I, I can get it down to two and I always get it wrong. Like, no, if you get it down to two, you get about half of them right and half of them wrong. And that's decent under the time pressure of test day, right? Sometimes you get the 50-50, great. Uh, so here, you, um, Ryan, you're correct in that kind of tentativeness. The C is not the right answer here. <laughs> uh, pyruvate kinase, uh, we would want to remember pyruvate is that last step in glycolysis and so it's a key regulatory point right when you wrap up glycolysis before you head over to the pyruvate dehydrogenase complex and before you head over to the krebs cycle um you regulate glycolysis right at the end there and if you shut that off you know you shut off the very end like like stand on the end of the hose right you can block the whole flow of water um so if you have tons of atp floating around the cell is plenty of energy you don't need to make more energy you just switch off glycolysis by switching off pyruvate kinase that enzyme at the end um so that's the right answer there atp citrate lyase you definitely students would want to um, recognize that's a key enzyme that links 
um, carbohydrate metabolism, the Krebs cycle, which I think, Ryan, you probably picked up on, right? That name citrate for the mm -hmm. citric acid cycle or the Krebs cycle. And so what ATP citrate lyase does is connects the um, car carbohydrate metabolism to fat anabolism, right? Making fats. Um, because what, what ATP citrate lyase does is convert the citrate to acetyl-CoA. And then acetyl-CoA goes over and, and the body um, makes uh, fat molecules out of it for storage purposes. Um, and so actually, if you had a ton of energy and you wanted to store that energy, you would actually bump up your ATP citrate lyase, right? You would want to activate that whole chain of connections. Um, so C is actually the opposite of what would be expected in a high energy environment. Okay. Um, yeah, and the, and the big takeaway here, Ryan, is, is kind of the thing you said is like, first understand what the question's asking. Students get very hung up in metabolism and biochemistry with memorizing a trillion different names of enzymes and substrates and yada yada. And of course, you have to know what they do. You have to recognize the names. That's part of it. But when it comes to actually answering questions on test day, the first thing is always just, you know, put it in the big picture, contextualize it, right? Is this a, a situation where the cell has lots of energy, has very little energy? If you had lots of energy, what would you want to do? If you had very little energy, what would you want to do? Um, don't, don't skip that first step um, because very often just from the names of the molecules and recognizing the general situation, you can take a pretty good crack at the question. How in depth does a student have to know and be able to to chart out the krebs cycle and all the different um energy energy pathways mm -hmm. so i'm glad you asked it like that the krebs cycle and everything else <laughs> essentially because that's really how the mcat views it yeah For the krebs cycle backwards forwards upside down underwater and asleep you should be able to list every enzyme in the krebs cycle every substrate that gets acted on by that enzyme and in fact it, all the coenzymes and cofactors, all the inputs and the outputs, the Krebs cycle is is your alpha and omega. You have to know the whole thing. Okay. For everything else, even glycolysis, um, glycolysis and fatty acid oxidation, um, pentose phosphate pathway, any other pathway in the body, you can just generally know the inputs and outputs and the regulatory steps. Right. So you don't need to be able to list every single step in glycolysis on the MCAT. It wouldn't be a bad idea. It'd be smart. But, you know, if you really wanted to cover all your bases, but under the time pressure uh, that we have to study, memorize the Krebs cycle backwards and forwards first, and then remember all the key steps and all the other reactions. All right. So there you have it. Some discrete questions for you. Hopefully you got a better score than I did. If you want to subscribe to this podcast, go to Apple Podcasts, hit your subscribe button, go to Google Podcasts. Did you know Google Podcasts is a thing? And if you are on an Android phone, you have it, period, it's on there. You can just go to Chrome and search for MCAT Podcasts and, and look in the search results and you'll see an episode list and you click there and you click subscribe and you're good to go. I'm also on Spotify. You can subscribe anywhere where you listen to podcasts and a lot of times music now as well. If you are interested in Next Step Test Prep's full-length practice exams, go to nextsteptestprep.com. Use the promo code MCATPOD, that's all capital letters, M-C-A-T-P-O-D, to save 10% on all of their full-length exams. You can buy four, you can buy six, you can buy all 10 exams and save 10%. 
I don't get any money for that. You just get to save some money using that promo code MCATPOD. Again, it's all capital letters, M-C-A-T-P-O-D. These are the best tests according to you, the students, right? It's not my discretion that's saying these are the best. Yes, they are simulate, uh, they simulate the real exam to the best possible way. Every nook and cranny, the way you highlight, the way you use your cursor, the way everything works, simulates the testing centers. The feedback that the students give me is that they are the most accurate full-length exams outside of the AAMC exams. Right? This is not my feedback. This is not me just giving you information. This is what you guys are telling me. I haven't taken a full-length exam in, in a long time, and I don't plan to anytime soon. So I rely on you guys for this information, and you guys tell me they are good. So check them out, nextsteptestprep.com. Use the promo code MCATPOD, all capital letters, M-C-A-T-P-O-D. Don't forget to join us next week as we continue our breakdown of Next Step Test Prep, full length 10. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Deactivation of hexokinase. Actually, it's, sorry, just so that our listeners don't get confused. Choice D reads activation of hexokinase. What did I say? You said D, activation of hex- oh. hexokinase, which sounded like de- deactivation. <laughs> oh. All right, I'll just, I'll just redo word. that. <laughs> okay.